folks, Happy New Year 2024 and welcome to our very first broadcast in 2024. My name is Jesse, the African Sun. I am here with my good old friend in the School of Business, Ephraim Romwenke. Hello, how are you? I'm blessed, my brother. I'm truly, truly blessed. Happy New Year to you too. Thank you. Happy New Year to the listeners. It's um, Let 2024 be that year. Mm-hmm. Where have you been? Two months, yeah. <laughs> Sab- sabbatical. Sometimes you need to take a break. Um, and I think you know it more than than, than me. Um, why you need to take a step back um, and just reflect on so many things. We had had a really successful run in 2023, but we felt that we needed to take a step back to just refresh and recalibrate and start 2024 with a new perspective and so the exciting things we have in store for for our listeners just to remind everyone this is living entrepreneurship by salty yes our podcast now Ephraim, uh i know it's been an interesting year 2023 mm-hmm. so many things to look back to mm-hmm. but uh maybe just ask did you lose anything in 2023 oh, that's a very very interesting question. Wow. Okay. I did not expect it like that. Um, I gained a lot. For those who know me on a personal level and know my story, know that I gained. 2023 was a, a very good year for me. But in gaining certain things, I also lost certain things because that's when now the reality of my my circumstances and my life, beca- like the realities were, 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 were present like, or at least they became real. Um, and so in that in that season, I lost a couple of things. Mm. Yeah. Do you want to mention some of the things that you've lost? Um, I mean, I lost, uh, quote-unquote, friends. Mm. I put quotes because at the time I thought they were friends. But obviously so your circumstance changes and the, your relationship with them changes. Um, um, I lost um, money. I lost businesses. I lost um, relationships. Um I mean, I, I could go on, but I think when you get to the end of the year, you look at, you're more grateful for what what went right than what went wrong. Though we do reflect, but I think for me as Ephraim, what I lost, I can always get back. Mm. Or even what I lost, it was necessary, you know. you It's kind of like pruning dead, dead branches and leaves off of a tree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. It's interesting today, our conversation is going to be around failure mm. and to so many people mm. there will be a moment to wonder mm. why would anyone talk about failure <laughs> at the start of the year exactly. it's like a reverse conversation exactly where people are talking about what to do yeah. to make gain yeah. of the new year 2024 but we want to look at failure mm-hmm. and i wanted to ask this question if you could share any personal experience mm. a personal touch that you have interfaced with failure that has had a significant impact on the way you have grown mm. and developed mm. and how you've been able to navigate through it and what positive aspects you have drawn from the experience. I thank you for that question, Jesse. Um, so, firstly, let me talk about why we talk about failure at the beginning of the year. Mm. Um, you know, when you... W- a lot of people will tell you that you need to f- you need to be focused on what went right, so you need to have, cultivate a, a character of gratitude. But I feel like if you cultivate a spirit of gratitude in a vacuum, and that vacuum is void of the realities of failure that encompass failure, you find that your gratitude is almost shallow. 
it's like if you have a relationship with with somebody mm. and in that relationship you never really have conflict your relationship may be happy and may be fun to be part of, but you find that you never really go past the surface because you never really are authentic about the realities of your relationship. Mm -hmm. And those are the hurts. And it's the same thing. If we don't look back on the things that went wrong and how we got to that point and also how we overcome, we overcame, sorry, how we overcame those circumstances or those situations, we can never truly say that we can never truly say that we have cultivated a spirit of gratitude for what went right. Mm. Because at the end of the day, wrong makes right, uh, darkness makes light. Without the opposite, the, the the inverse is useless. So without darkness, there's no light. Like it's the light would not be light without darkness. Mm -hmm. Right would not be right without wrong. And it's the same way success cannot be success without failure. Mm. And so that's why I would say when you start the year, it's very important to reflect back and say, okay, how did I fail successfully? And what that simply means is how did I fail and I'm still alive, you know, and I'm still here and I'm still able to face another day and my business still is still succeeding. It's because and, and, and that's what we want to kind of cultivate this month of January as we start the years. Reflect back on those moments so that you can realistically kind of pinpoint what you need to move forward. So I'll talk about my own personal experience. And I think this one for the new listeners and people who have never heard this story before, it's probably new. But for those who simply just a Google search can help. Um, um, in 2019, I was incarcerated. Mm. And I think you, you know that, Jesse, as a close friend of mine, I was incarcerated. I'm not going to get into the details of it, but I should have done seven years, meaning I should have come out in 2026. Uh, but by the grace of God and by the mercy of His Excellency, President Paul Kagame, I got, I got a presidential pardon in March of 2023. Mm. Three years shy or three years and some months shy of the time I should have come out. I won't get into, again, the details of it, but that for me, of an onlooker, would represents quote-unquote failure. Mm. I mean, this is a business person, then you end up in prison, that's failure. But when I reflected back, again, 2023 was an interesting year because all the time I had spent incarcerated, I would reflect on my life. I would reflect on the circumstances that led to me being there, the role I played in finding myself in such a situation or circumstance. And it was interesting. Um, but there's a difference between cause, uh, blame, and, and, and responsibility, you know? Blame, blame is about, or at least when you, when you try to assign blame, like when you try to blame somebody, it's more historical. Mm -hmm. You're trying to identify mm -hmm. the cause. Mm -hmm. But responsibility is more futuristic. You're trying to say, okay, yes, so-and-so, this or that or so-and-so led to this issue. But who is responsible for fixing it? Now, it's more futuristic. It's more proactive. And it removes that whole perspective of victimization. Mm -hmm. And for me, I went through that journey, obviously. And I processed everything. And it was one of those things that was really eye-opening for me. And it was li really liberating because I realized that I'm in control of my life. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people face problems, regardless of whether your circumstance is good or bad. When we feel like we're not in control and life is happening to us, that's when we, we kind of lose it. And for me, when I, when I, when I realized that I had control over my, my life and I was responsible for everything that had happened to me to that point and I was responsible for everything that was going to happen to me, it changed my perspective. And, and so now, fast forward four, four, four years later, almost four years later, March of 2023, I get my freedom. 
my slate is completely wiped clean. Mm. And I, truly, I am forever grateful to His Excellency for that because, I mean, it's a second chance at life. Mm. With that, I come into a new world, post-COVID, coming back to my life, quote-unquote. It's almost like my life was on pause. It was like a time capsule. So you come back, you, you interact with your friends, your family, your loved ones, the environment that you knew. And that's when the reality of failure hits you. So you never felt like you failed when you were inside, no. but you felt a failure when you came out. I wouldn't say I felt a failure, but I, I faced the realities of failure. Mm. So before when I was in, I, the reality was, yes, what is failure if we, if we were to define failure? Failure is I had an objective or a goal and it, didn't, it was not achieved. And so, I mean, incarceration was never part of my plan in mm. life, you know. And so you have... A situation or a circumstance where you, I set out to to start a business, to grow a business, to even the relationship I had with the investor was to actually invest and get a good return on his capital and get a return for myself as well, you know, mm. and that didn't work out. So in that context, I failed. And then all my businesses collapsed, and that's also another element of failure. And and, but that's that that you know you're in a you're in a sort of bubble because you're not facing the realities of your failure. And so when I came out, that's when I now faced the realities of my failure. And that's, I think, when it put a lot into perspective. And I had to learn um, the, other, the other side of the coin when it comes to failure. Because you can overcome failure by accepting it and dealing with it and responsibility and fixing it and moving forward. But then there are these just things you cannot control that are beyond your control mm -hmm. when it comes to the environment that you live in in regards to failure. Very interesting. So when you talk about realities of failure, mm -hmm. uh, which could these be for someone to be able to relate? Okay. And so uh, let me, let me, I'll give examples of, of these realities. Um, one interesting reality is, um, let me call it a trust bank. But I don't think this, I don't want to call it a trust bank in the context of, do people trust me to do what's, I say I'll do, mm. which is from a per perspective of integrity. At the end of the day, if you're incarcerated, integrity is already put into question and a lot of people will question whether you're legit or not. Mm. And that is, that is a given and you accept it and you deal with it. You know, you prove yourself every, as you step, move along. It's the name of the game. But the trust bank I'm referring to is the trust bank of your closest circle. To trust your ability to handle your life and your affairs. And I think that one is the most interesting one of failure. And I think this one I can share it with any business person who has had a, a good season and a bad season is that you, the, those around you tend to second guess your decisions post failure mm. because they project onto your situation why they think you failed. So someone will project onto your situation and say, ah, he failed at this because of X, Y, and Z, right? Or X. And so when they see you making a decision and they see that you're now going the route of X, they're like, they second guess your decisions. And one thing I've always had to do is, um, it's now been nine months, right? 10 months, maybe nine months. I've had to keep reminding those closest to me that I'm still Ephraim, you know? I'm still Ephraim. Like that one situation, yes, I've learned from it and I genuinely need guidance and advice because you can never get enough of that. But don't project, don't project insecurity onto the situation. Like remove the, the bias, and which is impractical because human beings will always apply bias and project it. But the, one of the things is you find that people don't have faith in your ability to, to 
to take care of yourself because they believe that they want to protect you. And it's out of love, by the way, most of the time. But that's one interesting thing. Another thing is your self-esteem. Let me call it that. I don't want to call it self-confidence. Okay, self-confidence, self-esteem, self-worth. But self-worth, not so much. But you start to also second-guess yourself. Mm. And that is one of the big, it's a, it's a rabbit hole. Never go down that hole. Always believe you are capable. And I know this sounds like some motivational speak and everything, but I'm telling you, like, when you fail as a business person, you go out, you try to start this business, it fails and it collapses and you're at the brink and you're like, okay, what am I going to do? My family is, is depending on me. I'm the sole breadwinner. How am I going to handle this? Or you had a partner and everything that you guys agreed is not going according to plan. Don't ever allow yourself to doubt yourself. And I don't mean the humility that comes with asking for help. That's a completely different WhatsApp group, right? I'm talking about the fact that you are capable of solving your mess. Ephraim Ramwenge, Jesse the African Sun, and we are your hosts on this conversation. We are speaking about failure in our first episode of 2024. What is granted is that everyone is going to fail at one Fact. point in life. We talk about Fact. change being constant. Mm. There's also failure mm-hmm. being part of the equation. We are bound to fail yeah. at something for us to understand how to do it better and how to navigate life situations. Now, mm. when we come back, I'd like us to talk about there's been the talk of failing flat and failing backward and failing, failing forward. forward. Mm. You know, let's get to hear from uh, Ephraim and uh, how he's been able to fail forward in his endeavors. Welcome back to Living Entrepreneurship by Salty. My name is Jesse the African Sun. I'm here with uh, Ephraim. We are in the School of Business. And uh, just at the start of this year, 2024, we are in a conversation which looks like a reverse conversation. It's a conversation on failure. What is the opposite of failure? It is to make it happen, to succeed. Yeah, pretty much. But uh, again, yes, we want to reflect on failure how we have failed. I think I have failed on so many things. Mm. So many things that I have started and found because of circumstances I cannot continue mm. and I have to cut them short mm. and I feel sad. Sometimes I am quick to blame myself that mm. maybe I have been the reason things have fallen apart. But sometimes it's just been so many circumstances mm. that are way out of control. I'm not good at explaining myself, so <laughs> I'd rather keep mm. my mouth shut mm. and let circumstances be. Mm. But Ephraim, on falling forward, give me a scenario. You, you've come out, you're meeting friends, people are judging you, you do not know who you should trust, even yourself, to speak to about your circumstances. You, you want to start rebuilding. How do you fail what was your failure like? Failing forward, failing flat, failing backward. Okay, so I don't... How can I put it? I'm not a believer 
in rehashing the past. And I say this um, with utmost respect for people who feel the need to to keep revisiting that that trauma mm. or that pain for, to find healing. I don't think I have um, the pain, but I cannot deny the fact that it, the experience changed me. And uh, psychologists will call it whatever they want to call it. If they want to call it trauma, if they want to call it PTSD, if they want to call it growth, if they want whatever they want to call it. But I can tell you, it changed me. And what do I mean by it changed me? It changed me in a very positive way. Mm. And I'm, I'm in that sense, I'm a very firm believer that you pick your lessons and move on. You pick your lessons and move on. You don't dwell in that moment because you're actually in the process of overdwelling in your failure. You actually are failing at something else as well. You're failing at learning from your failure mm-hmm. because part of learning from your failure is progressive. You know, like you don't master um, S2, the curriculum in S2, and then you stay in S2. You learn you move on to the next grade, you advance, you take the lessons and you it's cumulative. Mm. And so it's for the same thing for me. Like, okay, yeah, someone will say it's been less than a year, but and you, these are things you don't just move on from. But I'll be honest with you. For me, when I look back, and I'm not, let's talk about failing forward. And I want to talk it in the broad, I want to talk about it in the broad sense of entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurship. You, you talked about you realizing and admitting to yourself and wanting to blame yourself. And I think, the first part is acknowledging your role. And so that's why, forget about, never try to blame anything or anyone. It's important to try to figure out cause and effect, but it should be a very short uh, aspect of that process of trying to learn from your lessons, mm. learn from failure. Um, make sure that you don't focus too much on the blame aspect, but focus on your role. Because at the end of the day, when we look at your circle of influence or between you versus your circle of concern, you're in control of what you can do, not what somebody else can. Mm. And that's a given. That's why even the golden rule in, in scripture is do unto others what you want them to do unto you. It doesn't say as others do unto you, do unto them. No, it's the first response, the first action, the, what we call the trigger action is your action. Mm. do unto others. So meaning you start. So whether people do unto you or not, it says do unto others what you want them to do unto you, but doesn't say do unto others and they will do unto you as you have done unto them. No. And so the reality is the same thing. Figure out what your role has been in, in getting you to that point. Figure out, is it something that I need to change or is it circumstances that led? Because sometimes you didn't do anything wrong. It's just that circumstances at that moment were not right for you to do what you did. Mm. And so you find that you might have moved money in a way that was not clear. And at that moment, there was very low trust. So automatically, it looked like you had done something wrong, Mm -hmm. as an example. And so what I'm trying to say is that it's not to say that you moving money in a certain way to make sure that you've optimized the business structure is wrong. It's just that in the circumstances in which you did it, the timing was wrong. Mm. And the interesting thing is that if we look at... um, and so coming back to this, and I don't want to dwell too much on it, but once you have figured out your role, the next step is who's responsible for fixing it. And then that's where you come in again, taking control of your, your, your failure. That's the only way for you to fail forward. The only way. Because if you keep viewing yourself as a victim or you keep viewing that it's beyond your control and that it's happening to you, mm. then you will never really take those steps you need to take for you to resolve whatever needs to be resolved. 
It's the beginning of the AFA. Yes, sir. There's been so many companies, like the banks have really made exponential, you know, growth. They have posted, you know, good results mm -hmm. in the past year. But there are also so many companies, especially startups, entrepreneurs who are suffering uh, down the grassroots on trying to make things right. Mm -hmm. You know, we always say, if your business survives the first five years, mm. Let's talk to entrepreneurs. As an entrepreneur, we know setbacks are inevitable. How have your entrepreneurial ventures been shaped by failure? That's a very good one. Very good. Thank you. Jesse, I don't know if people give you credit, enough credit for how you are able to guide this conversation because I'll be honest with you, you ask questions that... On the surface, they look like they're just a normal question. But if you really drill down, you can really find that if someone listens to what we are talking about here, mm. they'll really go home with, with something. And to answer that question, when I look at businesses, the rate of failure is so high that if you're just looking at it from a numbers game, you're already doomed to fail when you start a business. Mm -hmm. Whether you like it or not. And unfortunately, we ignore those numbers. Or when we start a business, we normally base it on all the positive information. We, I can't remember what the word is called. It's something biasing or something where you, where you, um, where you project onto you. You only hear what you want to hear when doing research. So if I'm going to try to figure out whether I should start um, a salon, I'm only, and I talk to people. <laughs> and for the record, Jesse has opened up an amazing salon. So if you need to go, you, 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 it's, it's by opposite RGB. Please go check it out. It's, 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 it's really good. So anyhow, now, um, one thing that I've noticed is that you go, you go do your research and you will only pay attention to people who are telling you good things. So even if I come to you and I say, man, by the salon business is good, but you might have issues with the workers, as an example, right? Yeah. You're not going to hear that workers bit. You're only going to hear, oh, it's a good business. And you're only going to hear the positives. And so a lot of people do that. So they start a business, they get into the realities of it, and it's like doomed to fail from the beginning. Now, an interesting thing, when you look at um, the reality of business in general, nothing lives forever. Hmm. And unfortunately, we don't want to face that reality. Your body does not live forever. It's designed to live and die. Anything that is birthed will die. That's the reality. That you can't avoid it. When you look at um, living beings, um, plants, animals, as long as it's birthed, a time will come where it has to what? To die. And so the same reality happens with businesses. And now me, I'm going to tell you as an entrepreneur, you need to understand how you, you know, you see a relay race. And so this is how failure has shaped my perspective is that I've come to realize that that's a reality. You can't keep a, this legacy of your business. Oh, I'm going to keep a business and it's going to grow a hundred years. Those are just don't stress yourself about that. Like give yourself a timeline, say five years or 10 years, I'm going to build this business and sell it off, pass it on to somebody else who can extract more value from it and pass it on and they will pass it on and pass it on. And if it's really good and it's really relevant, it can survive 20, 30, 50 years. Right. Mm -hmm. But if it's not, it's okay. Unfortunately, the issue with failure and what, why it really destroys entrepreneurs is because business, we take our businesses as like, like children. We take them like children that are very personal to us. We, our personal identity is directly tied to our businesses. So if our businesses fail, we have failed. So we are failures. Mm. And no one wants to walk around feeling like a failure. So you find that they can't just accept the reality that they can't just accept... My business at some point will struggle. 
And it is what it is. And unfortunately, even society projects us, projects it onto us. So if my business is failing to pay staff on time, people will go and will, will talk and say, ah, Ephraim doesn't pay his workers on time. And it's, it's Ephraim, not Ephraim's business. It's not, it's, they don't separate. And so that's the reality is, is that unfortunately as an entrepreneur, you just need to accept that that's the given, but you need to change your mindset. Because at the end of the day, the reason why there's so, many, there's so few entrepreneurs compared to people who have jobs and working professionals is because entrepreneurs are, should be cut from a different, different cloth. And so part of that different cloth is understanding that, look, I need to detach. This is not a child. Losing a child is painful. But losing a business, it's business as usual. I start this, I push it, it gets a certain level. If it succeeds, I sell it off, make a profit, go on to move on to my next venture. Mm. But if it doesn't, it, I tried, well and good. Maybe I can bring someone in who can make it better, or better yet, I can just decide to sell off the assets and move on to the next thing, recover the best I can. And so that's the whole point. Like, don't Failure shaped me in that sense that it, had, it, it has taught me that I am not my business and my business is not me. And that everything that is birthed does have an end. Everything is finite. That is everything that is birthed is finite. There are things that can last forever, like plastic, almost forever. Yeah. You know, when you say you are not your business, how do we, do we separate then our personalities? I have had people who say people are not coming to buy from your business. People are coming to buy because they like you, because they're interested in you. So. Uh, two different WhatsApp groups, right? And so someone coming to buy from me does not necessarily, but at the end of the day, when they receive a receipt and the account that the money goes into is going to be whose account? It's going to be the businesses. Mm. And the people who designed capitalism were not stupid in terms of, they were, they were very brilliant individuals who came up with this idea of a corporate veil separating the the business that a, a business a corporation is a completely different entity it's a quote unquote a living being separate from the owner and the reason why is because as much as someone is coming to buy from Jesse the transaction is happening between the person and the brand the only thing is that the the company is borrowing on your social capital so you're giving it a loan on your social capital. I remember we talked about, I don't know, if we, did we talk about the different types of capital on, on, on this show? No, we haven't. We have not yet touched it. Mm. So anyhow, we won't get into that, but social capital is one of the capitals somebody can use to invest in that business. And and so that's, people know Jesse and Jesse, they trust Jesse. And so you being the business owner, you go and you tell customers, hey, come to my, your friends come to my business and they come, they're coming to your business, but the, the business is bringing on your social capital. So it doesn't mean that it's the truth, the same thing. Now, re, the way to separate is, to, is what we talked about the other time when we were talking about cash flow. Don't commingle funds because if you, <laughs> the Bible, again, scripture is scripture, my brother. Like there's nothing new under the sun. When you read scripture, it's all there. Your heart is where your treasure lies. Mm. And so if you're commingling your company money with your personal money, best believe you're going to think that it's yours. But if you have a separate account and the company has its money and you have your money, and if the company is unable to, to pay its bills, but you're able to pay your bills, it's easily to separate. And I'm not saying, obviously, like, I'm not saying, obviously, um, drain your business for your own personal gain. But at the end of the day, I'm trying to say, if you keep things separate and your life is okay and your business is struggling, it makes it a little bit easier. It makes it a little bit easier if you re your rent is paid and you have fuel in your car and you can afford to put airtime in your phone and mm -hmm. you pay your bills and your kids' school fees are paid. But even if your business is struggling, it won't be as painful if it dies. 
And so that's the logic for any entrepreneur who thinks, okay, how do I create that degree of, of separation? Start with the money. Just separate your money. Don't commingle your funds. Keep your money aside. Keep the business money aside and separate. If you're going to give put money into your business beyond the share capital, make it a loan. And make sure that it's a loan that it has a contract like you've signed it. If you have other partners, it's very clear that it is there. You've signed the terms are there of the loan. If it's interest-free, it has to be interest-free. If it's not, it has to be stated. Even on that interest that you generate, you have to pay taxes on it. It creates a certain mindset or, or it creates a certain perspective in your mind that, hey, look, that is somebody else and I'm separate. Because you wouldn't loan money to yourself. That wouldn't make sense. Mm. Yeah. Lastly, because of time in just a minute, uh, what are the misconceptions about failure? And uh, maybe if you could help individuals, organizations to reframe their perspective to see failure as a stepping stone towards success. Again, one of the biggest misconceptions is failure is personal. People believe failure is a reflection on who they are. And because, and like I said, because your loved ones, would the, that, that trust bank is, is depleted and becomes bankrupt, a lot of people hide that failure because they don't want people to second guess them. But I will be honest with you, like failure is normal. That's one. Failure is more prevalent than you think. Mm. People fail more than they succeed. Um, and I think it's the, it's the name of existence. That is, I would say, any organization, any company, any individual, you just need to accept, know that failure is part of the game. It's like how in a marriage or in a relationship, arguments, conflict, let me call it like that. Arguments are not the word. Conflict is inevitable in any relationship. Mm. So the most successful relationships, whether personal or professional, succeed because those individuals know how to handle conflict. And so it's the same thing. Failure is inevitable. But the most successful entrepreneurs and the most successful organizations know how to fail successfully and how to handle that failure. And in this context, don't take it personal. Thank you so much, Ephraim, for great insights shared today. We look forward to having another conversation on this series of failure as we start the new year 2024. Yeah. Uh, without any further ado, I just want to direct you to our social sites. Yes, uh, so you can find us um, on Instagram, on Twitter, on TikTok, um, on Facebook. <laughs> Jesse, look at me like like, like <laughs> High Five is in there. No, bro. Um, uh, th man, that joke will never get old. But you can find us at Salty Africa. That's S-A-L-T-E-E. Africa. Please do follow. Please do share this content. We're on Spotify as well as at Living Entrepreneurship by Salty. Do give us feedback on topics you would love us to talk about. And until the next episode, God bless you. Bye-bye. <laughs>